Okay, this podcast this week is dedicated to Freddie Byers, um, who sadly passed away yesterday. Freddie was on the podcast three weeks ago, showing outstanding bravery uh, with his terminal illness. And in the upper loft, there is a seat that is forever, Freddie. Rest in peace. Welcome to Oglars, the QPR podcast in isolation. As you will all be aware, those of you who listen to us regularly, we are recording on Saturday mornings or Saturdays um, throughout the lockdown. I don't quite know how or why we landed on that. I think it's to hopefully give people something to listen to instead of the games. So we are day whatever, week whatever, and I am joined by the other three regulars of the podcast. So on the line somewhere should be Paul Finney. Good morning, David. Good morning, Flo. Good morning, Christopher. Good morning, Paul. I'll come to your hangover in a second before I shall introduce someone with potentially another form of hangover, which is Flo Lloyd Hughes. Hello. Hello. And also, Chris should be there. Chris Charles. Hi. Hello. Uh, Hi, Chris. Hi. This is, we are speaking the morning after various socially distanced VE Day celebrations, 23 degrees in weather. So is everybody suitably hydrated at 10.22 in the morning on Saturday morning? You're having a laugh. (laughs) Well, Clive, Clive is not with us, and we don't know exactly the reasons why, but we all got a text message at 3.30, didn't we, saying something about 30 Peroni's in, and I don't think I'm going to make it for 10 o'clock. <laughs> and he, he also mentioned he painted his fence, but we don't know if he was still doing that at 3am or he'd done it beforehand. So somewhere in Tottenham, there's a very badly painted fence. He watched the Bobby Robson documentary and the Graham Taylor documentary, so it's some some night. And is um, I I hope do do we take that literally painting the fence, or is that some kind of uh, euphemism for something else? No, 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 no no one, one, Clive. I I fully expected him to be telling the truth that he has got probably a blue and white poop fence somewhere. Very good. Well. Let's get on with it then. Let's get on with the podcast. So we have a a, a, a podcast sponsor today. Um, thank you very much. So well, I, the message I've got is Harry Goats. I don't know how to pronounce it. G-O-E-T-Z. But who I also think is known as How Goats on Twitter has sponsored us. Now, you may be familiar with this QPR fan. You may not be. Do you know what he does? He has a very interesting job, this chap, who sponsored our podcast today. I'll wait for you to say no. I don't even know what I do half the time. Al, who sponsored our podcast today, is the district organiser for the second congressional district at the Iowa Democratic Party. All right, excellent. And he's listening and sponsoring our podcast. So thank you very much, Al. Um, The man is is not only busy, he's a legend. He's busy, he's a legend, he's a... Exactly. If anybody else wants to sponsor our podcast, that has a very, very interesting unusual job please do get in touch um which which is a good uh 
which is a good uh, kind of segue for me to do the plugs, which is if anybody wants to follow us on Twitter, please do at QPR pod. Um, if uh, you want to listen to old episodes, you can do at qprpod.co.uk uh, or follow us on Facebook. Right. Let's get on with things. So we're, sp- we're coming up. We are speaking to um, QPR goalie, Liam Kelly. We're going to catch up with him, find out what he's been up to. We're going to do that in a few minutes. Uh, before that, though, a um, couple of things that have happened this week. And the big, the big sort of piece of content, as people like to say, that has been on qpr.co.uk this week, um, that's been entertaining people, was what they called the Terrapt Thursdays, which was they got an interview with Adele Terrapt. They managed to track him down, which no one has been able to do. And they did a full half an hour of him answering fans' questions, apart from the mild irritation of it being called Terrapt Thursdays and missing the opportunity for the alliteration to call it Terrapt Tuesdays. Um, what did everyone else think? I've got to be honest, I haven't seen it yet because I, I was going to watch it tonight, so I'm out of this one. But um, it seemed to have gone down very well in Twitter and I look forward to watching it later on. Yeah, ah. it was really good. Um, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I, I tweeted something of this similar kind of opinion of the fact that Tarat had become a bit kind of mythical because we would occasionally see clips of him him playing, whether that was at Benfica or a few other clubs in Europe that he'd been at. But no one had really like heard of him or seen much of him in interviews or any media and also he has social media but he doesn't really post that much. Um so it was really nice to kind of actually See an interaction with him and remember what he was like as a as a footballer and, and as a person because um, yeah you kind of forgotten about him entirely because you just we used to see these highlights of him but you kind of forgot who he was but um, there were a couple of kind of interesting snippets um, especially talking about the captaincy which we've all we've all, all um, you know we covered before about the reason he was made captain and how, you know, what actual leadership qualities did he bring? Uh, and he acknowledged that, really. He said, you know, I had the armband, um, but I wasn't a, I wasn't a leader. Um, mm. You know, that, that happened in the dressing room with people like Derry and, and Hill, who actually, you know, would get people motivated and, and take on that leadership role. He was saying, you know, when I came in at half-time, I just sort of sat there and got ready for the second half, and it was those guys that really played that role and he sort of hinted that it maybe was a bit of a kind of um, an image thing like Warnock had sort of done on purpose rather than it actually making that much uh, difference in terms of, um, you know, the captain role, which is normally seen as a bit more of a hands-on role that that Tarrap really provided. Chris, did you see it? I did, yeah. No, I thought I thought it was um, I thought it was really good. Uh, what shone across for me was like his genuine affection for the club, which I think maybe some people have um, you, you know thought that maybe he thought he was too big for the club, and you know I think some things he said indicated may have indicated over the years that he was glad finally to be out of QPR. But I think he's probably you know glad to be in the 35 degree heat of Benfica challenging for the title and playing for the Champions League but yeah but for what came across was his uh, QPR still in his heart um, I, I, the one particular quote was he said I felt lo- like Loftus Road was my garden when I walked to take the corners 
and I could hear the crowd singing Tarab's Too Good For You. I felt I could do anything, which I thought was really, right. really nice. They made the old hairs, uh, you know, the old goosebumps um, come up. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I just think, um, and it, also notable was basically said, paraphrasing that, London had too many distractions and, you know, that's why he would sometimes go AWOL or be found in, inside a coffee shop at three in the morning or whatever. He did say that, yeah. I, I, I think really enjoyed it. No, I was going to say, it's also nice to, for footballers to acknowledge the, the impact, like Chris said, the, that fans have on them because obviously you think, so many footballers talk about how they actually block out the crowd because they don't want to hear the abuse or whatever and it's, it's a distraction, but for him to say, oh, no, you know, every single time that the fans sung Tarak's Too Good For You, I felt invincible, and it had such an impact on me and gave me so much confidence. It's so rewarding as a fan base to say, oh, actually, what you do does make a difference. It does help the players. It does provide that extra support, because sometimes you feel like you're just charging into the abyss, and actually, you know, what you're doing won't have a massive impact, and obviously it's our kind of interesting when we think about behind closed doors and, and some managers and players have already said, you know, that would be terrible. But to, to just have that reminder that what you did did make a bit of a difference is nice. I think what, what, what I haven't said it yet and I will say it today, but what sadly we would, uh, I don't think we appreciate the genius that he is. And um, certainly in the, the, my old age of supporting this club and seeing so many players, he's, uh, Chris, Chris is lucky enough to see um, Stan, but I would say that he's, the best player I've ever seen at QPR without a shadow of a doubt. And it was really when you see those clips, those free kicks, drag backs and nutmegs, the the pass to Routledge and things out there, you just think, what an incredible talent. And hopefully he will fulfil his ambition one day to be one of the top players in the world because there's no two words about it. He is too good for most clubs. Yeah, I think I, with I, that... Sorry, go on, Chris. No, no, I was just going to say, I did actually, at the time, recognise what a genius he was. And like Paul said, I did... Um, see bits of Stan as a as a kid, but that was you know I was very young at the time, believe it or not. Um, uh, and 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 this 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 as a bit as somewhat of an older vintage to just you could just appreciate exactly what Tarab was doing. And here's you know as the old adage goes, he was a player and still is. He couldn't empty bars, and you know you can't pay him a higher tribute than that at Loftus Road. I, I do think with Paul's comment about will he be appreciated for the genius he is, I think we said this a few weeks ago, the stage that you play on has a big effect on that, has a big effect on your legacy. Now, you can only be you can only be the best in the championship when you're playing in the championship, if you see what I mean. You can't do any better than that. But I think because he... I think because he his main success was in the championship and not in the top league, that may affect that he is not thought of as perhaps the best QPR player, but, you know, slightly further down that pecking order. Um, but the joy he sort of brought everyone at the time was, I mean, it's like it will, everyone will remember it for a long, long time. I, the thing that surprised me and jumped out of me from that interview well, uh, was a couple of things. But the, the main thing was we talked to a lot of players on this podcast, as you guys all know, and you get the odd player. And I know, Paul, I tease you a little bit about one of your heroes in particular, but you do get a lot of players that played here for a long time and don't have that much regard for the club and kind of don't really remember details. And when you ask them questions about the current squad, they talk in very general generalities about things. And you can't fake it. 
And he could, Tarapt could not fake the fact that he still looks at our results. He knows all about Eze. He knows all about Chair. Um, it, it, I was really surprised at how much QPR meant to him, still means to him. And, the, and in a way, the sort of level of detail that he spoke about the club and, and the ins and outs of the club that shows me that it really meant a lot to him than perhaps his um, reputation and the perception of him has made us think. Um, so it's very, very enjoyable. I would recommend anybody who hasn't listened to it to listen to it. The other thing I would say, and um, lots of people criticise us for here and there for saying, you know, well, we're not the club's PR machine and so... Therefore, I will put this one to rest. I thought it was an excellent interview by Paul Morrissey. I understand why the club asks the questions they ask, but it left a whole load of questions for us to ask him one day uh, when hopefully we get it, because there was a lot of, sub- of subjects which I understand why they weren't tackled, but they weren't tackled. So the Fulham, the bus thing, uh, the 6-0, the fallouts, uh, the criticism from Harry Redknapps. Totally understand why that wasn't asked. Um, but it kind of makes me, it, it, it's, we've been trying to get hold of him for quite a long time. And I think uh, if we can, at some point in the next uh, season or two, we've got a whole bunch of questions that we can still ask him that uh, hopefully he'll be happy to talk to us about. I think one day he would definitely be someone we should have at a live podcast and just have him. You could, without a shadow of a doubt, fill, you'd probably fill the whole around house with him. But one thing... <laughs> The one thing that did make me sad about the whole situation with him is that we didn't get proper money either. All right, we got his talent and we got to see one of the greatest players we'll ever see in our lives. I appreciate that. But such a QPR thing is that when these clubs get these players, they make 25, they make 30, whatever, 40 million. And it was just a shame we didn't, we weren't able to um, to do that as well. And that's 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 quite sad. Sad that he but left that's Sorry? That was his fault. That was his fault, not the club's fault. Because his oh, no, I'm not criticising. I'm just saying it's still QPR so Yeah. It's yeah. such a QPR thing to happen. You see players leaving clubs for like twenty-five million who haven't got an inch of the talent in it that he has in his toenail. It's just, it's just a shame, I think, that we didn't get proper money for him. And I would love to see him back one day. He's one of the few players. I always say, never come back. Don't ruin your legacy. But I don't think he could. But he did say he, he's going to come. He wants to come back and watch a game and you know see the fans again. And like with Amit, when Amit made his sort of surprise appearance. Um, so yeah, whether he play again, I expect I suspect the time would come to play is when he's like thirty four or something like that, uh, and maybe over the hill a bit. I think in what is known as the Ray Wilkins of his career. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I think he can, and I think Ray Wilkins came just when he was thirty two or thirty three. Yeah, and he didn't do too bad, did he? He didn't do too badly. Um, right. Shall we see? Um, we're due to speak to Liam Kelly. Um, so uh, catch up with him, see what he's been up to. Um, and hopefully, through modern technology, he is with us now. Liam, thank you for joining us. It's it's day whatever of lockdown. Nobody knows anymore. I think it's a Saturday, but I wouldn't be certain. Um, you Well, you wouldn't be preparing for a game right now. Probably, although we may have made the playoffs, but typically on a Saturday, I guess, uh, you would be getting ready. What's it been like having, whatever it is, seven, eight weeks without football? Um, It's been difficult, um, not being as enjoyable, um, but we've got some 
positive news for the for the manager yesterday. Maybe he just said to him, it's, it won't be as far away maybe as as what you might think. So um told us to be ready and um it might be returning a wee bit sooner than we all thought, which is which was good to hear. No specific date or anything like that, just um that we might be returning a wee bit quicker, which is nice. Um because it's not been enjoyable and I haven't Football in our lives for a long period of time now, but um, that's just that was that's longer than what a, a summer off we would have normally, um, and we won't get in a summer when we go back. So we're going straight into the remainder of the season. I think probably straight into the next season without any break. So better enjoy the time off now because it doesn't look as if we're going to get any when it starts. And 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 what's um what's your sort of personal setup been, Liam? Are you um have you gone back to Scotland? Are you still down here? And and are you are you doing a load of fitness work every day that's been set by the club? Um, I'm back I'm in Scotland, yeah. Um, and the club have sent programmes to each of us um, to follow. So just been following that as as best as possible. So the best possible can. Um, it's not the same as playing and training every day, but. It's, it's better than nothing, I suppose. So I just try to keep taking over. Hello, Liam. It's Paul Finney here. Um, sorry about the dodgy accent. Um, <laughs> hopefully you'll be able to understand me. Nobody else can. Um, it's really frustrating, I think, for yourself. I mean, I know this is a bigger issue. It's bigger than football, and we all know that. But you were mm-hmm. kind of just making headway into the team. And, and I, I think it couldn't have come at the worst time for yourself and the team because... I think we were heading towards possibly a playoff place. How did you see it at the time? Um, no, I, I can understand why you're saying that, Paul. Um, it, it was just, we were on a good run, of course, obviously with that good result against Preston um, night before the, the cut-off. Um, I just felt as though everything was quite settled in the team. just felt as though there was no... Obviously, with Johan and, and Grant in front of me, they were doing really well. Um and it was just, it was just a, this team was going through a nice settled period. They're picking up a lot of points. Um, there wasn't a lot of changes happening in the team, albeit the boys that were um, not playing were more than capable of getting, uh, doing the same job and getting the same results, probably is what the, the boys that were playing were. Um, it just happened to be that we were all in good confidence. Um, there was a lot of trust between each other. and I, I don't want to say I'll but I definitely get playoffs because I'm not a crystal ball. I can't guarantee that, but and we were confident and take one to a, a game against them at that period of time. So you're probably right, it did come at an also good time, but I don't see any reason why we can't just pick up where we left off and we back. And what, what are you guys all, sorry, it's Chris here, are you, are you guys all in touch with each other, the players? Are you all on WhatsApp groups and, you know, t- telling each other what you've been up to? Uh, yeah, yeah, we we speak a lot in a, um, on our group chat. Um, I just... Like to speak to each other and, and see what each other's up to. Work. It's like a summer program, so um, we have to put times in that and compare times against each other and stuff like that. But um, yeah, that's about it, to be honest. And then you see, that's what they're doing. We're all doing the same thing, sort of every day, do you know what I mean? So um, yeah, we know what each other's up to, and we're just looking forward to get back and playing with each other again. So, so what, how do you feel your days apart from doing, you know, a bit of training, a bit of this? I mean, I mean, we're all in the same boat, essentially. What, what, what do you, what, what have you been doing to, to uh, stop, stave off the boredom? Um, so, so I need to do the programme as I'm on there, an afternoon session in the programme. Um, yeah. So I'll do a wee bit of training in the morning um, and train in the afternoon. And I'll just be, just be chilling. Apart from that, take a dog, a leg walk, 
um, playing a bit of FIFA. No, no one. Just days gone past quickly and looking forward to football coming back. I'm not doing anything special. Um, in the meantime. Liam, is it, is it harder for a goalie to keep your skills sharp? Because, and I, I realise you do have to play a lot with your feet and a lot of goalies mm-hmm. kind of skills now are that. But mm-hmm. it's difficult to practice your saving and your cross and catching crosses in your in someone's in your back garden or your park, isn't it? But, no, of course it is. Hey, um, you can't really. It's going, you can't make it. I'm not putting me making a lie here, saying I've been crosses <laughs> and I've been shots to forty yards out. I've, I've not been. Um, but the thing is, I think everybody's in the same bracket. Just hope we get a wee bit of time when we come back to to get our skills back up to to. Our, Oh, we're going to need a few weeks because um, that's how long it would be if it was a pre-season, do you know what I mean? It's been longer than a pre-season, so uh, longer than an off-season, sorry. Um, uh, so just hopefully get a bit of time to go back and get the skills sharpened up again and get ready to go. Uh, is it is it possible that, although it's very frustrating at, at the moment, and I get it, but you just said you've never had a break this long, and you're, I think you're 24 or 25, and footballers... Mm-hmm put their bodies through so much over a 10, 12-year career, is it possible mm-hmm. that actually you would never get this opportunity to kind of rest your body like this again? Do you think mm-hmm. it could actually, a lot of footballers around your age and your generation, could it long-term kind of help you guys, uh, like the, the fact that you've had this rest at this point in your careers that you wouldn't have done otherwise? I think I probably could, but I think it might... Even if sell out, we may probably play about 70 games next season. Like with the remainder yeah. of this season, and we're going to be playing the whole one next season straight off the bat. Um, so I think it'll just probably even if sell out. It's just not because usually if you get three, four, five weeks off in off season, you can go away somewhere and you can actually have a holiday. But this isn't this hasn't been a holiday. Um, I know a lot of yeah. people think football is a bit off. You should just be going to play straight games and how can they complain about the games they've been. They've been off, but we've just been stuck in the house. We've been able to go and do anything with their families or enjoy a break. Do you know what I mean? It's just been stuck in yeah. the house. So, um, that's so is, your, is your understanding then, based on what you're saying, and I, and I don't want to be one of these people that puts a footballer on the spot and gets them to answer something that they don't know the answer to, but based on what you understand, is your understanding is that the remainder of this season will be played and then it will go straight into or soon go straight into the following season rather than this season maybe not being played. Uh, uh, well, I, I know just as much as you to be honest in, in that sense but I can only tell you that we we talk about and what we think might happen and that's just that we're expecting for it to be one long, long period of football including this season and next season um, continuous. We're expecting maybe a, a week, two weeks off after the, the nine games or whatever or the playoffs or whatever are done um, a wee week or two off and then straight in again um, so uh, we, we, we don't expect any sort of break um, really, and, and, and we do expect this season to be finished yeah we do because it's going to be weird isn't it because you've got the, obviously you've got QPR and you've got Scotland have got the um, a playoff spot as well haven't they so mm-hmm. you, you might not even get an international break so what they might do is suppose after we we win at Wembley in the playoff final. <laughs> they the, the, the might go straight into the, the Premiership the following two or three weeks with no break. So they'll probably have a, a mid-season break, I'd imagine, because that would be too much. Wouldn't it? You, as you say, you're talking way too many games. But um, do, do you see yourself breaking into that Scottish squad, by the way? Is that, is that something you'd like to do? Um, 
I think the end of last season when I was at Livingston, I got in the last two squads um, end of the season. Um, I was in the March time and then it was one in June as well. I got into that, so I've been in it twice already. Um, and this season, I was I never played it. I wasn't playing at the start of the season. Um, and then when I got into the team at QPR, I was playing okay. I wasn't playing great. I was playing okay. Um, just finding my feet. Um, so the longer. I stay in the team and, and the better my performances get, then hopefully um, I can get a bit of international recognition, yeah, because that's, that's what every player wants. But my first focus is QPR always, and if the Scotland manager thinks I'm playing well enough to get in the squad, then, then so be it. If not, then I'll try to keep playing well for QPR. Well, we actually we actually had a question just on that. Sorry, Chris, from uh, George no Sharp. George Sharp sent in a question on the Scotland stuff, so I thought I'd jump in there at this point. Mm-hmm. He has asked if you had a choice of winning promotion with QPR or going to the World Cup with Scotland, which one would you choose? Oh. Oh. Winning promotion with QPR. Yeah. No, and that is a right answer. Because because I'm, he's... I'm, I'm, winning, I'm winning promotion at the Premier League. That's what I play. No disrespect to any team. I, I was playing the Livingston a year ago. And they offered me a chance to go to the Premier League. So, I mean, as much as I would love to Scotland to go to the World Cup, it would, it would be, it'd be unbelievable. But no, I think it's, it's actually quite an easy answer. Uh, promotion to the Ireland's that for me. But, uh, I'm, I'm just shocked. Me, to be honest with you, Liam, I think exactly the same. I'm just shocked that a footballer gave a straight answer to a question like that. But well done. Thanks very much, uh, Liam. Yeah, Chris. I'm trying to play in the World Cup last one anyway, so. I got playing and get promotion. Absolutely, mate. Listen, Liam. I was just going to say you mentioned playing FIFA earlier on. If you mm-hmm. were playing football manager, who's the first QPR player you'd sign from this team? That's probably the most ridiculous question I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the, the, the main man, Ebbs, definitely. Easy. Uh, yeah. Uh, ridiculous, as in as as in ridiculous. Only one answer, you mean? Yeah. Oh, of course I have. Well, yeah, so what, 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 on his game's course, but no, Ebbs, definitely Ebbs. And obviously we, you know, everyone appreciates what a great player he is. I mean, when you, mm-hmm. we see what he does on the pitch, assuming that you, you see him every day on training and stuff like that, yeah. has he, has he got, does he do some outrageous things? Yeah, I've played, obviously I've been fortunate enough that I've been in the Rangers first team from seven, like, running between my first team from 16, 17. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously I was in the Scotland squads there so I've seen a lot of good players at Rangers um, and I've seen all the players who, who you can think of in that Scotland squad um, March, June, none, none of them come close, not one player I've ever played who comes close Wow, well, what, what, what do you opinion. in your view, just just tell us what, what you think, describe what you think what's so good about him and uh, yeah So he's his capabilities are what he can actually do are far greater than MDLs. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. how, how his mind works and how he can play football is a far greater level than MDL I've ever seen. It might not be his best yet, but he's just he's just miles ahead. Miles ahead in terms of his, how quickly his brain works. You don't even know what he sees. Like the nutmeg, he's double nutmeg, he does. Like just, obviously, we maybe take them for granted now because we've got him every day. Um, but he's just, honestly, he's, he's so good. So it's so humble as well, which probably makes him even better. Um, and it was nice even in the, when we played Swansea in the FA Cup and won to show that maybe if, if it wasn't in our team and, and they moved on to 
to a, a club higher up that we could maybe survive as well because we won five one against Swansea and they could cut without them as well. So, <laughs> aye, aye. So he's, a, he's a, just a top top player. Because Graham Sooner said on him on a program the other day and was saying, you know, he's mm-hmm. he, he's he's good enough to play for you know any of the top six teams. Would you agree <laughs> with that? I, I would be surprised. Obviously, I've never seen these guys in the. But like Luke Amos, who was at um, Spurs, and uh, Todd Kane, who was at Chelsea, but when they were playing with their first team, they said that if he went into their training, that the Tottenham boys would think that he was unbelievable, and the Chelsea boys would think he's unbelievable as well. Um, wow. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's a special, special player. Liam, how have you found, uh, have you found it since you come to QPR? What's your, what are your impressions of the, the club? And also I wanted to ask about... Um, your relationship with Joe Lumley, who well, look, we all know ha- had a bit of a rough time in the team the first part of the season, and how closely you work with him. Uh, and so, to answer your first part of the question, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I was disappointed at the beginning of the season when I wasn't playing, but I probably wasn't. I probably wasn't ready to play then, if I was being honest. Um, that the manager told me that he was going to. Um, he was playing Joe against Stoke, I think, the first game of the season. Um, and obviously, I said to him, that's fine, you're the manager. Um, but I, I told him I just wanted him to understand that I won't be just accepting the position and the situation that I was in. Um, I'll be the best team player possible I can be um, to help Joe try and get his team to win, because that's ultimately the most important thing. But I, I wanted him the team, I wanted to play him. I wasn't here to make up the numbers. Um, and then when I got in the team, over a first four or five games but Rusty obviously I hadn't played since uh, May time for having seen I got in the team about September um, so it had been a wee while obviously the odd cup game but um, started finding your feet after not playing for months and then playing one game um, so the first few games about Rusty and then since then it's been it's went pretty smoothly to be honest um, gradually growing in confidence getting confidence between the players in front of me um, I it's went really well and in terms of Joel my relationship with Joel is spot on it's fine Um Really good, we got on well. Um, my friends also part of our friends on the training pitch. We both train as hard as we can and ultimately I said to him when he played that there's nothing that we can do about it. I mean there's, there's a manager who chooses and then when the manager made the decision he put me in against Cardiff and that time he changed it the first time. So he just said to me, Listen, he just said to me, there's nothing we can do about it. So we're in the same boat, we understand it's not it's not nothing about personal between us. Um just try and train as hard as we can, play as best we can and hopefully that helps QPR. And um, look, I think we've talked about Joe a lot as fans and and we won't go over that here, but I think one of the reasons that many of us felt that he perhaps struggled at the start of the season was adapting to this new system, which requires playing out from the back and requires a lot of, I don't know what you would call it, but playing with the feet Mm -hmm. from from the goalie. Mm -hmm. That seems to be an area that you're quite comfortable with. Is that fair to say? Um, I have fair to say that I'm comfortable with it as well um, but I, I also think Joe is very comfortable with it as well but there's only because he because of his moments that, um, like I had one against Huddersfield away which we really didn't get noticed because probably wasn't at home but I tried to play a ball and he cut out and he gave away a lead gave away a penalty because I gave the ball away um, but there's a lot of times it's no it's not actually technical errors it's more of a decision making so, I mean, if you've tried to pass it when you shouldn't have passed it, that doesn't mean you can't play the way the manager wants you to play. That just means your decision-making in that moment wasn't good. 
Um, right. Which is which is because Joe's still got capabilities to find brilliant passes and left foot, right foot, no problem. Um, like myself against Huddersfield, maybe the odd time of the decision making hasn't been the best, which has cost us. Um, but in terms of his technical capabilities, I would be surprised if there's anybody better because he's, he's brilliant both both feet and pointing to the back. I've seen him every day in training. Um, but I think it's we're fortunate enough that both of us are, are comfortable in that sense. I think I think the trouble is you just you just nailed it there when you said it. I mean, if Grant or any player, even Eze in his brilliance, um, gives the ball away, you kind of get away with it more. When a keeper does it, it's almost like the the, the big finger from the sky comes down and punches you in the face because no. it's it's highlighted so more because you can do a hundred fine ones and one. We I, I I was at the Huddersfield game and. Mm. Um, it, yeah, it was. But also, what was worse was a flipping linesman that day. who was an absolute shocker, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> he, he only seemed to know what one flag was for for one team. But it's just a shame, because I think there's a lot, a lot of pressure on, on um, keepers these days. And it, a lot mm. of it's on for... And um, it's just a shame, really, because you're right, it's a, it's a concentration. And sometimes the championship, it's so fast, isn't it? I mean, compared to the Scottish League, or is, or, or is it pretty equal on, 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 that, on that pace thing? Um so your Celtic Rangers, these they are like um, a very minimum leads West Brom. The Celtic Rangers are big dogs. I mean, they're playing last thirty-two, last sixteen in Europa League, so um, they're they're right up there. But in terms of the lowest point of the SPL and the lowest point of the Championship, the Championship is so much higher. So every game is so much closer. Um, like and they can beat anybody, whereas Celtic can beat off a Hamilton or a, for example, who are obviously in the bottom of the. It's just rare. It's very rare. It'll very rarely happen. Whereas um, a Stoke or a Barnsley or a Middlesbrough or a Wigan winning the championships, no abnormal. That happens. Whereas in Scotland, that that won't happen as much. Um, but the championship's good. And in terms of what you're saying about um, pressure on goalies, it's not. It's not really. There's not a lot. Of, there's not a lot of pressure on us because the manager just gives us that pure freedom. So see when people like I'm playing out for the back and obviously the crowd are biting their nails and like, oh, we, we don't feel that. I, I, obviously, I'm aware that the crowd are, are, are not comfortable, but knowing the manager wants you to play like that, like, if you want to be on the team, you need to play like that. So, he, demand, he demands that of, your, of his goalie. So, it's not it's not for debate whether we play like that. I know, do you know what I mean? If we, if we want to play in this team, then we need to play like that. It'll sort of get other people in to do the job for him. Yeah. Fair answer. Fair answer. And- and well, look, it looks like when you do return, you won't have the crowd have to worry about the crowd being on your back anyway, Liam. So uh, you can take that on out the equation. Uh, can I Liam, just ask I... one thing? Can I just ask before you go, Liam? Can I just ask one thing? Can we please mm-hmm. beat Fulham? Please. Thank you. <laughs> uh, try our best. Try our very best. That was meant to be the following week, I think. That was meant to be the week after Barnsley, but um, I'm sure we didn't. We didn't in that game as well. I'll tell you what, mate, if we stop them going up and getting in the playoffs, I will be as happy as Larry and we will do it. Because I think, like you, we feared no one just before the lockdown and we'll fear no one again. And you've been, um, it's breath of fresh air to see people coming into the squad and playing for our team for the right reasons and feeling the passion. Oh, well, that, thanks for having me. Cheers, yeah, Liam. For that, mate. Thanks, Liam. Keep nice well, one, big man. Hopefully see you back soon. Cheers, yeah, Liam. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Speak to you later. Thanks for that. Bye. 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 Cheers, mate. Okay. Do you know what? No, do... Sorry, go on. Should we go straight into it? Finny, Finny, you're losing it, mate. 
you are losing it in lockdown. You missed a massive, massive trick there. He's uncapped. He's uncapped, and you didn't ask him if he's got if he can qualify for Northern Ireland in any way. <laughs> I think he does, you know. Well, with a name like Liam Kelly, you suspect there's a bit of Irish in there somewhere. What's, what's going on? It's a frigging strong ball last night, I'm telling you. It frigging killed me. <laughs> and, um, yes, slightly, yeah, I, I, I'm, do you know what? I'm going to go and beat myself up now. You're quite right, David. I, was, I, I missed it to mention Northern Ireland. Anyone playing bingo is going to be absolutely upset. <laughs> <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot to say to him, actually, um, but, uh, but he, he, he's done quite a bit of work with the, the Tiger Cubs, and also he's one of the players who's called him around everyone in, in lockdown as well. Oh, yeah. Um, I think he's just an all, all-round all nice guy. Um, but, you know, maybe it's better that I didn't say that to him. I don't want to, you know, embarrass him too much. But, yeah, he seems like a decent bloke. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's great to hear. I nearly asked him if he wants to play a game of FIFA, but I, I thought that was pretty much <laughs> Do you play FIFA? Well, there are. It is on in this house quite a lot. Do you know so what? Bollocks, I, I have been known. I'm going to get myself a FIFA. Can you get them quite cheap secondhand? And I want to play you lot at FIFA. And I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm old and I don't care. There you go. Brilliant. Is Flo um, still with us, by the way? I believe Hello? so. I am. My my headphones ran out of batteries, so I had to. Uh, um... Flo, can you play FIFA? I, I used to play a lot, but I haven't played in years, so I'm a bit rusty. Can you teach me? Um, I can try. And then I can beat David's arse. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that would. I don't think that would be very hard. Um, right before we go, the only other thing I had on my list to talk about was there was this training ground announcement this mm, week, quite a big one, which was basically the the I think. They've been talking about Warren Farm for eight years, and that is now over. And I don't know. I haven't, you know, people better qualified than me will know the ins and outs, but there's been a lot of legal wrangling, and that legal wrangling has resulted in I think, various studies being needed to be done. And But consequently, the fallout is that it's no longer viable and QPR are no longer going for it. So does that mean that's a square one as far as we understand it? They've identified another site, and that's basically why they decided to walk away in the end. So, what what the site is, I don't, I don't know, but I think that was the um, that that was the chat that they've identified somewhere else. As long as that doesn't take another eight years, then uh, then uh, that's okay. But um, yeah, the whole thing has been a bit of a farce. Let's be honest. Okay, well, should mention we should go straight into that then, Chris. And David. Well, I think there was a story yesterday um, from David McIntyre saying that there's a new site in Cranford being looked at. Um, I think... Yeah, which is where they currently use for some of the... um, Academy. Yeah, Yeah, because there's about three different locations, aren't there, being used at the moment by various areas of the club. But I think... With any kind of football project, you just there's just so many um, plan permission issues that you're going to come up with. So it's just hard to know that uh, you know it's going to be any different. But if somewhere's already been used for football, then you know, like at least hopefully there won't be too many barriers in the way. But yeah, I mean, the ho- it was a complete waste of money as well because I don't even want to think about how much 
money they spent on, you know, drawing up the plans and, and the legal battles for Warren, Warren Farm as well. Or should we just go, should we discuss yeah. it in the pod? Do the pod bit. Paul, 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 we, we, we're recording, mate. We never stopped. <laughs> Get the, oh, t- I we never stop. We never stop. Never again. Um, I touched that horrible juice. Sitting's juice. We, we never stop. So, right, so the people t- who are t- listening t- to it now, the people who are listening to it now, will laugh at this bit. And no, they I won't. can guarantee you. I can guarantee you, we're not stopping. But I can guarantee you, as soon as we finish recording, Paul will say. Can you take that bit out, please? And, oh, and you will know that he lost that argument by the fact that you heard Paul say, should we start recording again? <laughs> when we've been recording for the last five minutes anyway. Don't worry, Paul, you didn't say anything embarrassing. But let's... Um, but did you, right, go, let's... Back, go back to Trinidad, just one thing. Um, I think, from my own point of view, it was disappointing because from what I understood, the plans, forms, and all the stuff that was being said, it was almost a, like, we've got one more hurdle. Yeah, we're there, we're there, we're there, we're nearly there, we're almost there, it's happening, it's happening, it's happening, and then bang, it's gone. And I think no matter what happens, even if we've got to get prefabs up, temporary housing for the new training ground, we've got to get it up and running because it's so vital to get out of Harlington and get and get everyone on the one roof. So you've got the academy, the, the players, everyone mixing, one hub for the whole team. It's so important to get that. Because I've never had it, really, let's be honest. I've been kind of like training ground homeless for as long as I can remember as in we've never had our own place proper so it's it's a it needs sorting it needs doing but it also needs to be just done dusted and because in London it's so hard to find land it's so difficult and it just worries me that you know we've, we've wasted all them years and we're no further on and that's a shame but there's nothing we can do about now so they've got to build get in there even if it's just temporary accommodation and get going because no more delays yeah, it's interesting what Adele said in his interview, actually, uh, raving on about the uh, the facilities at Benfica, the training, you know, uh, everything about it. And, and I think for non-players, you sometimes underestimate like the, the value of having uh, such good facilities. But, I mean, it, it, for someone like him, who's obviously a good player, um, his eyes were sparkling when he talked about that. And maybe it does give you that extra bit on the pitch. Well, the trouble is, Chris, as you know as well as I do, and everyone does, We've got to make a decision what we do with the academies. We've got to make a decision, do we go down the road that Brentford went down, which was basically they, they got fed up losing players to the big boys for, for very little money and no returns. So they, they, they kind of just picked up, like we did with Eze, like we did with Chur and all these other players, and, and then put them into better players, especially when you think of how much money academies cost and after the lockdown and after everything else, how much money it's going to cost to keep these things going. I just wonder what... Because don't forget, you don't get much money now. If you bring a player through, the Premier League have sewn up so badly that we we get we'll never get a sterling payment again ever, um, unless they play first team. So it's a bit disgusting. So it's going to be interesting how we develop the players from now on in. Because Chelsea have got the area so sewn up and are just racking and stacking so many kids. It's, it's actually quite criminal. I, I, look, I I, I realise that development only one part of it is the training ground, and of course there's the coaching and so on, but with all the money that is in football, it is quite unbelievable the state of, in 2020, QPR's current training facilities. And that we have, so we, we've, Paul, you will know, we've been invited down there a couple of times because they've done some fan visits and stuff like that. And I also, through my work, and you guys have as well, I've gone to, like, I've gone to Man City's training ground and, and various others. You could not, the differences are so stark. QPR's 
training facilities at the moment are about they're about the same as a decent council leisure centre, but and with a really nice pitch on it. It's very very basic, and it, the sort of mind boggles really how they can prepare sort of top elite level athletes with what they have, which is basically a pavilion and a gym and a really nice pitch, as far as I can see. So they've, they've just got to sort this out, and it's been I'm years gonna, and years in the making. I've got to be honest with you, Barnett's is much better. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I say that with no, not having a dig at the club, but even the, there's so many clubs way ahead of us, even in leagues below us. It, it's, Hollington was not fit for purpose six seasons ago, and it, we just need to get out and get going, in my opinion. And um, the Barnet the Barnet model isn't actually a bad model to follow, to be honest with you. No. Um, right, I think that's pretty much it. That there is obviously um, we, we want to go out um, talking um, about well, we're only one way in particular, really, and only one thing we can talk about in particular. Before we do that, has anyone got anything else to say? Um, I just just uh, QPR because obviously the Tiger Cubs walk from Tiger Fit Eleven it would have been to Fulham was um, was cancelled for obvious reasons and QPR have launched a scheme. Um, <clears throat> to, uh, sorry, I'm just just watching look, looking that up now. Um, from Monday 11th of May, QPR and the Community Trust will be inviting everyone to hashtag Walk From Home to help raise money and awareness for Tiger Cubs or a charity of their choice. So yeah, you do exercise at home or go for a walk and then. Uh, nominate friends to do the same all details are on the on the tpr website or do the hashtag walk from home very good there you go very good. Me in for I, I have one other thing which i've just remembered right so i should protect innocent parties here but i someone sent to me this week a qpr fc sponsorship document which is basically it's very common when clubs are looking for sponsors, they send out a prospectus, a shiny brochure to people who might be interested and, and a kind of friend of a friend who knows that I support QPR was was approached and that's totally normal and got the document. But in the document is a QPR podcaster. There is a picture of a QPR podcaster. Can you guess who is in that sponsorship document? No idea. Clive. Chris Charles, you are a star. No. There's a picture of your mug in the QPR sponsorship oh, prospectus. no. Why? Well, that's not good for sponsorship for 10 years. <laughs> I think you must have been doing a Tiger Cubs walk. Oh, and yeah, I've got, seen that one. Got a good picture of you, your, your beaming, smiling face. Oh, selling. that one when they used in the, in the, um, on the website a while ago, yeah. I've got to admit, Chris, it's a very sexy photograph. Thanks. Selling the world. You are selling QPR to the world, Chris. Yeah, thanks. It's going to be much more sexy uh, than, my, than the moment. My hair's beginning to resemble Leo Sayaka for, for older viewers. Well, I've got to shave my head still. I yeah, haven't even had a haircut for weeks. Can I, can I mention one thing before, we, before I forget? Sorry, guys, we're, yes. we're doing our hours in. Um, as everyone knows, it was VE Day yesterday, and I was just reading stuff and even a small, well, a so-called small club that we are, that within the community of QPR, it was just so sad to go through the people who had survived the death camps who were posting up about the, 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 the parents' experiences, the grandparents' experiences, people who fought in, um, in Japan and, and Europe and the things, and it touched so many people, and unbelievable. I mean, those people, what they give for us, we'll, we'll never understand, and we'll, we'll never, you know, never let that happen again. And 
you know, Jesus, just reading it on Twitter yesterday, especially stories from some people who survived them horrible camps was had me in tears. So thank you to everyone who, who took part in the VE day. It was really important. And also for those who continue to, to do their stuff in the NHS and the services and the police and everything, looking over us. We don't, they don't get thanks sometimes, but yeah, yesterday was very emotional and uh, yeah, it, you know, it was horrible. But at the same time, it was nice to remember that they, they, they didn't die for nothing. Absolutely. So yeah. Flo, you're the only one who hasn't spoken, so now you have to think up something before uh, we go to Finney at the end of the show. Well, I was just going to say, um, I think it, when we meet next Saturday and chat, things could be looking quite different in terms of how the season might reconvene. Obviously, there's a lot of expectation that on Monday the government are going to lift some of the restrictions and... It's expected the EFL are going to call time on League One and League Two um, at the start of next week as well, with those two leagues being um, finalised on PPG and based on like home and away rankings and in, in the fairest way possible. And it's not fair, whatever happens, but um, it seems like those leagues, the promotion relegation is going to be decided and they won't be doing any playoffs, but they'll have three teams going up. Um, so I hopefully... By this time next week, and Liam Kelly kind of hinted as well that they'd had an update from from Warburton about it, we will have a, a kind of better idea of how we reconvene. Pro, um, you know, definitely it looks like behind closed doors, but maybe uh, we should be having some kind of broadcast to fans at home. Um, so I think you know, maybe in terms of of everyone's kind of mental health that might provide a bit of a boost when we have games to look forward to and kind of an idea of how we can finish this season and it's such a priority for the EFL to get the championship done because of obviously the money that's at stake um going up into the into the Premier League and also the teams that are going to be coming down from the Premier League so they're determined to do it and they don't want to mess it up because they know that there's going to be some legal papers sitting on their desk if they don't do mm. the wrong thing so yeah I'm, I'm 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 fingers crossed we're going to have an idea of how things will finish by this time next week and we'll I also think, have an idea sorry. yeah so go on paul no but it flows so right as usual i mean i don't know how they're going to please everyone but they have to make a decision stick to it and we're just going to have to with it, but I think Liam's not too far away when he says it'll literally be um, back to back seasons. Yeah, well, I never thought I would be looking forward seven days out to watching Dortmund Schalke, but that's <laughs> where we are. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that a derby game as well? That's a big one. Yeah, they don't that like each other. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, next, next Saturday afternoon. Do you know what? I even miss. I, I miss crap games. I miss I miss missing the kickoff. That's what I miss. And anyone who knows me knows I'm not land. I actually had a dream last week that I still managed to miss kickoff at the first game back, which yeah. wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, I, I miss it like I never miss anything in my whole life apart from family and loved ones. But yeah, it's going to be so good when it does come back. And I think I'll be too drunk to watch the football. Be good to, to see you. I even miss David. This is how bad lockdown is. This I miss is, David. This is how you are definitely going stir crazy. Well, um, I've always been crazy, David, as you well know, but this is making me worse. Well, this week there is, we discussed before the podcast, there is really um, only one way that we felt we could finish the podcast, and uh, 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 particularly in a week like this. And I think no one will sum it up better 
and Paul. So, Paul, over to you to uh, see us out of the podcast this week. Well, basically, we're going to leave it with the interview with um, Freddie. He came on. I actually phoned Freddie a couple of days after the interview because I was so impressed with um, how he came across and what he had to say. And his stories about Rangers were amazing, his memory and his recollection, even going back to when Clive Allen scored a hat-trick against us for Spurs, I believe he was saying, and, you know, Steve Wicks banged him in the ribs and stuff and his memory. And, uh, you know, his family, are, they're, they're having a tragedy. They've missed a loved one. Um, but, yeah, I, I got a feel for the fella. And um, rest in peace, Freddie. And thank you so much for blessing us with, with your presence on the podcast. And say hello to Daphne for us. We're joined by the wonderful Freddie Baz. Freddie, it's Finney here. Um, we're doing Cult Heroes now. You're a long-standing QPR fan and season ticket holder, and you've seen some good, some bad, and so bloody wonderful players down there. Who, who's the two that stick out in your mind the most of the Cult Heroes? Well, I always think when you, when you use the word cult heroes, I think these are people who should really be under the radar a little bit. Because okay. Stan and Rodney and Ferdy and you know, but my 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 two for you would be gents. I, my favourite footballer at QPR of all time is David Bardsley. I, um, I've had I've had a season ticket on on all three Good sides choice. of the ground over the years, but mainly I spent ten years about thirty yards out from the loft end. Watching David Barnsley, well, it looked like he was ambling up and down the line, but everybody else just couldn't keep up with him. It was really weird, and he used to cross the ball in. and And I know Ferdy was a great striker, and that, but honestly, there were times where I thought I could have scored with some of those crosses. They were just unbelievable, near post, middle, far post. He always seemed to know where Ferdinand was, and Gary Penrice. And then that leads me nicely on, segued onto my second cult hero, probably the great Kevin Gallon. And my reasoning for that is this. I was at Fratton Park that night when he'd done his knee, and I was one of the hundred people around me at that near post that heard his knee snap. Oof, and yeah. I'm telling you, that thing, that thing went like a whip. And... The rest of that, that end at Fratton Park were going mad because he scored. But there was a hundred of us with our head in our hands. And I never even thought he'd play again. Now, admittedly, Kevin never reached the heights of what I believe he would have become. And, he, and there's no reason to say that, that what Jimmy Greaves done for England, etc., could not be, have been done by Kevin Gallon because he broke all the British records as a kid and a youth. So without that injury, he was just coming into like the perfect predator. And he'd done that knee. And while he came back and had a great career for us and that, he was never, ever quite the same. What he did do is what Michael Owen done. He changed his game. He became a receiver of the ball, taking a few knocks from behind, moving off and getting his fair share of goals as well. But mm. unfortunately, he was not the great, the great of greatest. Because I think Kevin would have gone on, played for Manchester United or Liverpool, because he scored us at Manchester United on that opening day of the season when we lost 2-1 up there. And I'm convinced, I don't know this, of course, because I've never met Kevin personally, apart from 
one time where I was drunk, and I will go past that bit. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, as, I, as I spent 20 minutes, the one thing you shouldn't do is telling these people how great they were, you know, but I did anyway. From my own, uh, and, um, and bless him, he stood there, he stood there nodding and shaking his head at me and all in, and took it all in great, the thing, just as he would, you know. And uh, so they're my two boys for those reasons, really. David Bardsley, David Bardsley, you know, played once for England, got man of the match in a nil-nil draw in Spain. They played in some remote place like Santander. And because England had a couple of other full-backs who played for Man United or Liverpool, David never played again for England. And he won man of the match in a nil-nil draw away at Spain. He was unbelievably good. And I know, I know that Andy Sippen went through a bit of stick when he left to went, go to Sheffield Wednesday, he said. But here, in, 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 David's, in David's reasoning, why he could have left QPR... And that's probably the reason why Andy Simpson left and went to a bigger club to try and keep his international career moving forward. Um, but David didn't. He chose to stay with us, God bless him. And he's my all-time hero. And again, backed up by Kevin for the reasons that I've given loves. I hope that's all right. Great choices. You can't argue with them, Freddie. Now, for those who don't Thank know, you. Freddie, you, you, you're not a well man. Forgive me for saying that in such a, a way. No, um, no yeah. And I know you wanted to say a few things. Would you, yeah, just continue what, what, what you want to say, big man? Yeah, well, firstly, um, being on Twitter and, and other, you know, places, uh, Facebook and stuff, um, I've been absolutely overcome by the way that the QPR family have got uh, behind me during my plight. I am, unfortunately, uh, not going to be with you for the start of, certainly not the start of next season. And I very much doubt if I'm going to be with you when the when this current season resumes. So my days of at Loftus Road are, are over, unfortunately. Um, and obviously everybody's sad about that, but I've made my peace with it all. I actually had testicular cancer when I was 21 and nearly died anyway. So I've had another 34 years on top of that, but the, but the bug has got me in the end. Okay, we take it on the chin and we move on. And my message is to all those other QPR fans out there who are going through difficult times at present, and it may not even be life-threatening like mine. It might be just something like that's something I've had in the past which killed me is thing like gout or something like that, you know. Just tell every... Just let people know on social media. Don't keep it to yourself because social media can be a bit of a hard and horrible place. Also, it's a wonderful place. And the QPR family, if you say you're a QPR fan and you say you're going through a little bit of a difficult time at the moment, the uplift that I have got from everybody has been absolutely wonderful. And I thank you all from the bottom of my heart, every one of you. Just a little special mention, if I may, to Matt Winton, who I got to know around seven or eight years ago and we became friends. Um, and he asked Andy Simpson to give me a call from the club, which he did. And it was a wonderful 15, 20 minutes with Andy again. 
unfortunately had to sit there and listen as I prayed on about being the, you know, the best QPR fan has ever been, you know. Um, but he was, uh, he, he was very, very receptive and, uh, and, um, and it was a wonderful 15 to 20 minutes and I'll cherish, I will cherish that until I close my eyes for the last time. Thank you very much, chaps. That's what I wanted to say. No, Freddie, we, we, we need to thank you. That's, that's an amazing thing to say. And, um, I'll be in touch over the, over the next few days, mate. And, um, yeah, that's, um, I'm touched deeply. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, Freddie, I just, it's Chris here, Freddie. Uh, I just wanted to yeah. add, mate, that was, that was such lovely words you just said then. And, 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 and yeah, what a, what a great guy you are. And, and I also agree much. with, you know, you, you could have a million and one cult choices, but, um, yeah, two great players you named there, mate. Have lovely. Listen, lads, it's been a real honour and, and something I've, I've, I've loved to been, been, you know, been done. We've tried a little bit in the past, haven't we, Paul? And we've always had things going on in our lives. Uh, yeah, it's uh, cold cider, man. Cool. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, Paul, from the bottom of my heart, I hope, my, I hope Mum comes through for you. Again, oh, thanks, she mate. seems like a strong old... She seems like a strong old girl, Paul. Line. Oh, mate. So, she's I'm a sure midfield battler. Thank you, thank you, mate. It's very kind of you to think of other people. Yeah, no problem. Best of luck. Gentlemen, it's been an honour. I'm not going to take any more of your time. Thank you very much. Thank you, you so much. Thanks, Freddie. Thank, thank you for coming on. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, Freddie. That was amazing. Thank you, Freddie. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Bye, mate.